Dear loving Father in heaven, thank you for giving us the privilege of life. We ask, dear Lord, that you would grant to us of your spirit as we fellowship with you now. We pray, Father, for the gift of wisdom and knowledge and understanding that our hearts may be strongly impressed with the duties that we have to perform and the work to be done in order for us to be in your kingdom at last. Lord in heaven also give us strength for your word has said to them that come to you through Jesus to them you give power to become the sons of God. Make us your children today Lord. May your words sanctify us. We ask dear Lord that you would consecrate me to your service. Put your words in my lips for I have nothing to say to your children that will be a blessing to them. But as I speak, Lord, I pray that through your spirit I shall speak as the oracles of God, that we all may be lifted up to heavenly places, that our characters may be fashioned into the similitude of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Do this for us and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, December 27 All Things True Christ What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. Psalms 56 verse 3 Only the sense of God's presence can banish the fear that for the timid child would make life a burden. Let him fix in his memory the promise, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. Psalm 34 verse 7. Let him read that wonderful story of Elisha in the mountain city and between him and the hosts of armed foe men a mighty encircling band of heavenly angels. Let him read how to Peter in prison and condemned to death, God's angel appeared, how past the armed guards, the massive doors and great iron gateway with their bolts and bars, the angel led God's servants forth in safety. Let him read of that scene on the sea when to the tempest-tossed soldiers and seamen, worn with labor and watching and long fasting, Paul the prisoner, on his way to trial and execution, spoke those grand words of courage and hope, Be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you. For there stood by me this night the angel of God whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all them that sail with thee. In the faith of this promise, Paul assured his companions, There shall not an hair fall from the head of any of you. So it came to pass, because there was in that ship one man through whom God could work, the whole shipload of heathen soldiers and sailors was preserved. They escaped all safe to land, 
Acts chapter 27 verse 22 to 24 and verse 34 and 44. These things were not written merely that we might read and wonder, but that the same faith which wrought in God's servants of old might work in us in no less marked a manner than he wrought then will he work now. Wherever there are hearts of faith to be channels of his power, let the self-distrustful, whose lack of self-reliance leads them to shrink from care and responsibility, be taught reliance upon God. Thus, many a one who otherwise would be a cipher in the world, perhaps only a helpless burden, will be able to say with the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is All Things Through Christ. In our previous devotions two days ago, we looked at how we cannot do anything except through Christ, how it is that Jesus said, Without me ye can do nothing. And today we are looking at how we can do all things with Christ. Yesterday we looked at noble examples who did many things through Christ and we prayed that we may be inspired with the same courage and faith and zeal that actuated these noble examples that we may be like them. Today we are looking furthermore on this same topic of how to reflect the image of God and to have the same spirit that actuated the men of old in us. As we read through our duties and know what we are supposed to do, as we hear of the duties that befall us today, we may say to ourselves, who is sufficient for these things? In life, both in spiritual and temporal or secular things, we have responsibilities to bear. There is no man on the earth but all have a work to do for themselves, to put food on the table to provide the basic necessities for themselves, for their spouses, and for their children, and for even dependent relatives. Many have loved ones, little children, aged people to look after both financially and also to look after them spiritually, to feed them with bread from the word of God. There is hard toil for every man to engage in, in order that they might make ends meet and also to be in the kingdom of God. As we view the responsibilities, we may feel insufficient for the work. But then, as we come nearer and nearer to Christ, as we see the requirements and the conditions to be met in order to secure eternal life, we may be filled with a fear and dismay, asking, who is sufficient for these things? As we review all that we have learned through the year and the numerous areas of reform that we are to pay attention to, we see something that is beyond the capability of man to achieve. The husband sees his duty to the wife and the wife sees the sacred role she has to the husband when we studied the lesson from the woman called Abigail and we also studied lessons on marriage. We see these things. Both parents see how serious it is to bring up children in the world and how this decision could make or mar both their destiny and that of their child. The laborer from the life of Joseph has learned that we are to have strict integrity and we are not to be eye servants in whatever we do and the employee sees his duty 
to his master. Master also realizes the sacred responsibility he has to his employee or his servant and how a mishandling of his position could spell his doom. The minister sees from the life of those of the of the apostles and from Jesus Christ, he who is the captain of the Lord's army realizes the high moral ground he is to have before men and how like Moses one error can debar him from entering Canaan and also how like Paul he will have to have the constant and continuous attacks from the kingdom of Satan. As we see these things it is well for us to ask who is sufficient for these things? Can we actually fulfill these responsibilities in the manner the Lord will be pleased with? These are legitimate fears that we may have. And that's why we read this from the first paragraph of our devotion. Only the sense of God's presence can banish the fear that for the timid child would make life a burden. Let him fix in his memory the promise, the angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivered them. Amen. Our key text for today also encouraged us in Psalm 56 verse 3 it says what time I am afraid I will trust in thee so what is it that is your fear we were told to read the stories in the Bible and that these things were not written merely that we might read and wonder the story of Elisha when he was singled out by a hidden king as the one who was hindering their progress to destroy Israel and a full army was brought against this one man, Elisha. That story of Elisha is supposed to fill us with a sense of confidence in the Lord whom we serve. When we read the story of Paul and all the hazards that he had to face, you can go and read them again in the book of Acts chapter 13, 14, 15 how it was that this man faced persecution after persecution and down to Acts 16, 17 in Philippian Ephesus how it was that for two hours in the front of his house men gathered a mob plenty of them shouting great is Diana the queen of the Ephesians great is Diana the queen of the Ephesians for two long hours this mob was gathered around Paul how it was that the Lord delivered him from that mob. And then we read about the sheep when he was sailing. And because he was there, the Lord saved every man. 14 days, nobody ate anything in that sheep for fear that they were going to die. 14 whole days, he ate nothing. You ever heard of that before? 14 days? But the Lord delivered them these things were not written merely that we may read and wonder but that the same faith which wrought in God's servants of old might work in us we are to be filled with the holy zeal and be inspired with the same spirit that these men have and as we studied some days back concerning remembering the works of the Lord when we read these things it's supposed to inspire us confidence in the God we serve, the God who delivered Elisha, the God who delivered Daniel, the God who delivered Paul, the God who delivered Peter when they blocked him with iron bars, bar after bar, yet delivered him, can deliver any one of us. And even if we are to face death 
because Peter was eventually crucified. Paul was eventually beheaded. John the Baptist was beheaded. Every apostle, they were killed. We are not afraid of that. Like Paul said, none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself. The Lord can give strength to us. As you see the responsibilities that the Lord has laid upon you, whether it is in the lesson of Sabbath reform or dress reform or the work of being an evangelist and he's telling you go preach the word like Paul did, go and be a minister to the people or whether it is that you are seeing your responsibility to your children or to your husband or to your wife or to your church or to your neighborhood and you are saying who is sufficient for these things and you are filled with fear read is what we are told read the story of elisha read the story of paul read of our lord jesus christ and realize that these things were not written for us to read and wonder but that we should have the same faith that actuated these men wrought in us that in no less marked a manner than he wrought through them the lord will help us wherever we are and if we have hearts of faith will be channels of his power but i want to bring to our attention something of a greater responsibility that the lord has laid upon us reading from the book desire of ages page 671 paragraph 3 we are told a responsibility that's laid upon us the very image of god is to be reproduced in humanity the honor of god the honor of christ is involved in the perfection of the character of his people end of quote Hmm. this is a high responsibility the greatest responsibility ever laid on any man to have the image of god to be reproduced in you to add more to this i'm reading again page uh, page 123 of the same book paragraph 3 desire of ages this was concerning jesus it says the prince of this world cometh, said Jesus, and hath nothing in me. John 14 verse 30. There was in him, that's in Jesus, nothing that responded to Satan's sophistry. He did not consent to sin. Not even by a thought did he yield to temptation. So it may be with us. Christ's humanity was united with divinity. He was fitted for the conflict by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and he came to make us partakers of the divine nature. So long as we are united to him by faith, sin has no more dominion over us. God reaches for the hand of faith in us to direct it to lay fast hold upon the divinity of Christ that we may attain to perfection of character. Now the thing is coming closer and closer and it sounds more difficult. We were told earlier that we are to have the image of God restored in us and the perfection of character. But now it becomes more detailed that we are not even have a thought that yields to temptation. Let me take it closer now. Reading from Great Controversy, page 623, paragraph 1, it says, Now, while our great high priest is making the atonement for us, we should seek to become perfect in Christ. Not even by a thought could our Savior be brought to yield to the power of temptation. Going down it says, Satan could find nothing in the Son of God that would enable him to gain the victory. 
he had kept his father's commandments and there was no sin in him that Satan could take, could use to his advantage. This is the condition in which those must be found who shall stand in the time of trouble. End of quote. Do you see the responsibility? Who is sufficient for these things? Above all works which we are told to do, this one sounds most intimidating. It is the work of reflecting the image of Jesus to the extent that not even by a thought will we, will we consent to sin. And like we read now in Great Controversy, that we are to come to a position where Satan could cannot find any sin in us that he could use to his advantage. Now, I want to ask, I want to first of all talk about why in this, in this thing is important. Why is it important that we come to this condition where we reflect the image of Jesus fully? The reason is this. It is because that is what the Great Controversy is about in the first place. Let us review the issue in the Great Controversy. In the Bible, Satan is described as the lawless one. This is because in heaven, this was the cause of the controversy. It was the law of God. His charge against God is that he gave man a law that cannot be kept. In heaven, he said that God's law could not be kept and he revolted against God's law and he was banished from there. And now, we see that it is possible to be kept. The angels of God have always been in obedience to it. But then he accused God that God gave man a law that could not be kept. Signs of the Times, January 16, 1896, paragraph 2 says, Satan declared that it was impossible, impossible, hear that now, for the sons and daughters of Adam to keep the law of God and thus charged upon God a lack of wisdom and love. If they could not keep the law, then there was fault with the lawgiver. End of quote. Do you hear that? It's not just Adam before the fall. The sons and daughters of Adam cannot keep the law. Who is that? That is fallen man because every son and daughter of Adam is you and me, people who are inclined to sin. And that God requiring us to keep the law shows that he is unwise and he lacks love. God has something to prove then. Is it true that he is requiring man to keep a law that cannot be kept? Go to the churches of today. What is the message you keep hearing? It is this message of Satan. It is impossible for the sons and daughters of Adam to keep the law of God. That is the message that many ministers, so-called of God, are preaching. Yet, they will say, we can do all things through Christ except this one thing, to keep the law. Is that what the word of God says? Is it not that we can do all things through Christ? Is there anything hard for the Lord to do? Revelation 14 verse 1 to 5, we read that yesterday. It tells us of a people, reading from verse 3, it says, These people sung a song that were, as it were, the song before the throne. And in verse 4, it says, These are they that were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. And in verse 12 they are described. It says, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Why is it important to have such a people? It is because through them, God is going to prove Satan wrong. He is going to show that Satan is a liar. 
when Satan is accusing God that he gave us a law that cannot be kept, the only way for this charge to be answered is to have a people who will actually keep this commandment of the Lord. On whose side are you? Are you on the side of those like Satan who would say that it is impossible for us to keep the commandments of God? Or are you on the side of God and one who believes that with God all things are possible and that we can actually keep the law of God? Whose side are you on? In the book of Proverbs 28 verse 7, the Bible says, Whoso keepeth the law is a wise son, but he that is a companion of righteous men shameth his father. What makes us wise? That is, keeping the law. And Proverbs 27 verse 11 says, My son, be wise, and make my heart glad, that I may answer him that reproacheth me. What does it mean to be wise? As we saw in Proverbs 28 verse 7, it means to keep the law of God. But the opposite of that is when we read the same Proverbs 28 verse 4, it says, They that forsake the law praise the wicked, but such as keep the law contend with them. Is it possible to do it? Yes, it is. All things through Christ. We can do all things through Christ. And God has promised in the book of Revelation 14, reading verse 1 to 5 and verse 12, that he is going to have a people that keep, not but trying, not that, not that they will just be trying and they will be failing, but they will come to a condition where they keep the commandments of God. And we have seen that that is what it means to reflect the image of Jesus. Christ kept the commandments. That's what we read from Great Controversy, page 621. That he kept the commandments. Therefore, Satan could not find anything in him. That's Great Controversy, page 623, paragraph 1. Satan could find nothing in him that would enable him to gain the victory. He had kept his father's commandments. This is not just somebody saying his own thing. Jesus himself said it in the book of John chapter 15, reading from verse 10. Jesus himself said, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. This is the condition in which we must be found if we must be in the kingdom of God and if we must end the great controversy. These people who are described in the book of Revelation 14 verse 12 is referring to our own time. We are the ones to fulfill it. From Bible Commentary Volume 7 page 978 paragraph 2 we read before why were they so specially singled out? Because they had to stand with a wonderful truth right before the whole world and receive their opposition and while receiving this opposition they were to remember that they were the sons and daughters of god that they might have christ formed within them the hope of glory amen christ is waiting for his image to be formed within us and that is what is hindering his coming reading from christ object lessons page 69 we are told when the fruit is brought forth Immediately he put it in the sickle because the harvest is come. Christ is waiting with longing desire for the manifestation of himself in his church. When the character of Christ shall be perfectly reproduced in his people, then he will come to claim them as his own. It is the privilege of every Christian not only to look for but to hasten the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Were all who profess his name bearing fruit to his glory, how quickly the world, the whole world will be sown with the seed of the gospel. 
quickly the last great harvest will be ripened and Christ will come to gather the precious grain. End of quote. Reading again, Review and Herald, March 19, 1889, we are told, John saw a lamb on Mount Zion, and with him a hundred and forty and four thousand, having his name, his father's name written in their foreheads. By the way, when you read Revelation 7, verse 1 to 3, you realize that this is, these people are the ones that were sealed. Going on, it says, They bore the signet of heaven. They reflected the image of God. They were full of the light and the glory of the Holy One. If we would have the image and superscription of God upon us, we must separate ourselves from all iniquity. We must forsake every evil way. And then we must trust our cases in the hands of Christ. While we are working out our own salvation with fear and trembling, God will work in us to will and to do of his own good pleasure. And then in end of quote, then also in the faith I live by, page 337 paragraph 3 we are told those who receive the seal of the living God and are protected in the time of trouble must reflect the image of Jesus fully. Their robes must be spotless. Their characters must be purified from sin by the blood of the sprinkling. Through the grace of God, this is how it is done now, through the grace of God and their own diligent effort, they must be conquerors in the battle with evil. End of quote. Amen. Then in Messages to Young People, page 114, paragraph 2, we are told, Sanctification is a daily work. Let none deceive themselves with the belief that God will pardon and bless them while they are trampling upon one of his requirements. The willful commission of a known sin silences the witnessing voice of the Spirit and separates the soul from God. Whatever may be the ecstasies of religious feeling, Jesus cannot abide in the heart that disregards the divine law. God will honor those only who honor him. Amen. End of quote. The reason I've gone through all this is to make us understand the responsibility that is before us. It may sound intimidating to you to hear that you are to reflect the image of Jesus fully, that there is to be no sin in your life. Every evil is to be put away. You must be without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. For this reason, unless it is proven that man can actually, in his fallen state, keep the law, the great controversy will keep going on. There is a work before us now and it can, be, it can look very intimidating. Our thoughts are to be purified. But it is for this reason that the Bible is written in the first place. Romans 15 verse 4 tells us, Whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. As you read through the story of Elijah, of Paul, of Peter, and of all the ways God delivered his people in the past, it is written for your learning, truth for your comfort that you may know that there is hope. With men it may be impossible, but with God all things are possible, including what I have just talked about, reflecting the image of God fully. Because I don't see any other difficult task there is more than this one. The most difficult there is, is this one. But we are studying now all things through Christ. Paul was the one who said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The power is not in you. So it is not for you to say it is impossible. Who is it impossible for? For you, yes, you may say that. But for you to claim that it is impossible for man to live a holy life, whether through God or by himself, you have overstepped your bound. For there is nothing impossible with God. It is not good for us to say such things when the Lord is at hand to strengthen and bless. Can we not do all things through Christ who strengthens us? Of course we can. 
to say that it is impossible for man to live a holy life, to claim that we'll keep sinning and sinning till we die, is a marked distrust of God. For God is more powerful than the devil. The Bible tells us, Jesus said in the book of First John, through John, Jesus is the one speaking to us, he said in the book of First John 3, reading from verse 6, Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth had not seen him, neither known him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous. He that committed sin is of the devil. For the devil sinned from the beginning. For this reason was the Son of God manifest that he may destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin. That is the word of God. He cannot sin. Are you doubting it? When you go around people preaching to people telling them that it is impossible to live a holy life it is impossible to reflect the image of jesus fully whose message are you actually preaching without doubt it's the devil's message and what are you actually saying in effect that the devil is more powerful than jesus we just read now that it is through the devil that people sin now if christ is in the life are you telling me that christ in the life cannot conquer the devil that causes us to sin if we say so, then of course, as your faith is, so be it unto you, then you will never overcome. But to those who have trust in the Lord, to those who have read of the story of Daniel, of Joseph, who have read of Zacharias and Elizabeth, his wife, who have read of Job and read of how the Lord said these people were perfect and trust the Lord and say, these things were not written just to make me wonder, but to make me have confidence in the Lord. If he could do it for Job, for Daniel, for Joseph, he can do it for me. Amen. And there are many promises in the word of God and spirit of prophecy to make us understand that it is possible. Jude 24 tells us unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. How is he going to present us? Faultless. That's what the word of God says. Reading Testimonies, volume 1, page 144, paragraph 3, we are told, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. We can overcome, yes, fully, entirely. Jesus died to make a way of escape for us, that we might overcome every evil temper, every sin, every temptation, and sit down at last with him. End of quote. Again, in Desire of Ages, page 122, paragraph 3, we are told, In our own strength, it is impossible for us to deny the clamors of our fallen nature. Through this channel, Satan will bring temptation upon us. Christ knew that the enemy would come to every human being to take advantage of hereditary weakness and by his false insinuations to ensnare all whose trust is not in God. And by passing over the ground which man must travel, our Lord has prepared the way for us to overcome. It is not his will that we should be placed at a disadvantage in the conflict with Satan. He would not have us intimidated and discouraged by the assaults of the serpent. Be of good cheer, he says, I have overcome the world. End of quote. Again, in the Review and Herald, December 22, 1885, we are told, through the plan of redemption, God has provided means for subduing every sinful trait and resisting 
every temptation however strong. Again, in God's Amazing Grace, page 230, we are told, Our work is to strive to attain in our sphere of action the perfection that Christ in his life on earth attained in every phase of character. He is our Savior. Our Savior is a Savior for the perfection of the whole man. He is not the God of the part of the being only. End of quote. Let these words inspire you with courage. Perhaps you are afraid, but we are learning that we should not be intimidated. It is possible. All things are possible through Christ. The Lord has a message to calm your fears. You may say to yourself, I am a child. I am weak. I am a woman. How can someone like me face the ordeal that is coming ahead of me? Just at the sound of a man's voice or a threat, my knees knock and I am near to even peace on my pants just to see trouble coming and you are talking about martyrs that's coming in the future. All things are possible through Christ. Isaiah 35 verse 3 and 4 says, Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, Be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Amen. Isaiah 41, reading from verse 12 to 14 says, Thou shalt seek him and shalt not find him, even them that contend with thee. They that war against thee shall be as nothing and as a thing of naught. For I, the Lord thy God, will hold thy right hand, saying unto thee, Fear not, I will help thee. Fear not, thou warm Jacob and ye men of Israel. I will help thee, saith the Lord, and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. And to those who fear, that they may never overcome their sins before they die and before the close of time, Jesus says to you, Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 3, But now thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, you can put your name there, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. And to those who are hearing of the martyr's death coming ahead and the tribulation and persecution that those who follow God will face, he says to us in verse 2 and 3, When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee, and through the rivers they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel thy Saviour. I gave Egypt for thy ransom, Ethiopia and Siba for thee. For those who have a very sensitive nature and fear to be put to shame and embarrassment for the Lord's sake, Jesus says in Isaiah 54 verse 4 and 5, Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame. For thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shalt not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thine husband. The Lord of hosts is his name, and the Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. Now this is not saying that you are not going to pass through persecution, of course, but the Lord is going to give you the grace that instead of you feeling that shame, the pain and persecution of the persecution, he would rather give you power and strength to pass through it without even feeling embarrassed that instead of seeing persecution as a terrible thing like all those men of old, Peter, Paul, John the Beloved, you would rather view it as an honor to suffer for Christ's sake and he will give you strength to bear it. And for those who are afraid of hunger, 
the Lord says as Paul was speaking Philippians 4 verse 12 to 13 I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both to abound and to suffer need I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me amen like we read in our devotion these things were not merely written that we might read and wonder but that the same faith that wrought in God's servants of old might work in us brethren and sisters let us have courage there are some of us who look at the responsibility before us just to preach maybe somebody give you a responsibility oh you're going to have a handle devotion today or you're going to be the one to preach today or you're going to handle this bible study and immediately you rise up in fear and you want to run away give one excuse or the other as to why you cannot handle that responsibility do not be afraid trust in the lord instead of trusting in your own strength the very fact you're running away shows that you are trusting in your own strength and we should not be self-confident of course but the self-distrustful we are told who lacks self-reliance we are told in conflict and courage page 367 paragraph 4 let the self-distrustful whose lack of self-reliance leads them to shrink from care and responsibility be taught reliance upon god thus many are one who otherwise would be but a cipher in the world perhaps only a helpless burden will be able to say with the apostle i can do all things through christ which strengthened me amen brothers and sisters be filled with confidence in the lord as you hear of what he has done for the people in the past let us say we can do all things through christ let us pray Dear Father in heaven, please may these words spoken inspire in your children courage, faith and trust in you, not in self, to know that we can do all things, that whatever responsibility has been laid upon us, we can do it. Lord, I pray for the mothers and fathers who have children and as they hear of the responsibility before them to bring up their children in the way of the Lord and they may be intimidated, Lord, please strengthen for the single people too who have responsibilities upon them to take care of themselves lord please give them the grace especially lord we pray for what we have studied today to reflect the image of the lord fully that no sin should be in our lives that not even by a thought could can the devil gain advantage over us lord we believe that all things are possible and your word has said that as our faith is so be it unto us we know that it is possible through christ Lord, strengthen us that we may answer the call that you have given your word, that through our lives that we may be used to answer the devil who is reproaching you. We pray, Father, that even those who are of a fearful heart, afraid to have Bible studies with people, afraid to handle spiritual responsibilities, self-distrustful, I pray that you will fill such ones with courage not in themselves with confidence not in themselves but in you that we may do all things through christ thank you for hearing our prayers and thank you for answering in jesus name i've prayed amen Passes through.
Kindle upon.